0: The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Psalm 132. Rise up, Lord, come to your resting place, you and your powerful ark. May your priests be clothed with righteousness, and may your faithful people shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not reject your anointed one. The Lord swore an oath to David, a promise he will not abandon. I will set one of your offspring on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I will teach them, their sons will also sit on your throne forever. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his home. This is my resting place forever. I will make my home here because I have desired it. I will abundantly bless its food. I will satisfy its needy with bread. I will clothe its priests with salvation. And its faithful people will shout will shout for joy. There I will make a horn grow for David. I've prepared a lamp for my anointed one. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but the crown he wears will be glorious. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Exodus chapter 16. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The People are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and all the bread you want in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there, in a cloud, the Lord's glory appeared. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it by quartz, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning and it bred worms and stank. Therefore Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning, each gathered as much as he needed to eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from Acts chapter 2. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. On the Passover, a Jewish fest- festival was near, so when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about five thousand. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, He told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, welcome to the third week of Lent. We are on our way towards the fourth Sunday in Lent, and these are the readings for this uh coming sunday we'll actually have another festival this week on friday it's the festival of the annunciation and my little girl's birthday and so we'll have a we'll have a podcast or, or a video for that as well but it's interesting that it's lent and it seems like i think it's been basically the historical nature of lent that we tend to always have the feeding of the Five Thousand during lent and i always thought it was weird Right? I always thought it was weird because Lent is supposed to be this time in which we are to be looking into ourselves, we're supposed to be looking at our sin, we're supposed to be looking at the graciousness of God, we're supposed to be looking at all of these things. And you, you get to this reading and you start to wonder, well, how, what in the world does this have to do with Lent, until you take this text. And you read it in light of exodus 16 and the giving of the manna we just read that right it was our first reading and here we 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 hear the reason why god is is going to do this right so it it begins with the israelites complaining to the point that they would rather go back into slavery They would have rather stayed in Egypt where they were barely surviving. They were crying out to God for deliverance because they sit here and they look at their plight in the wilderness and they think we're dead, we're done. And then God speaks to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. To think that in some ways, if we read the feeding of the 5,000 in light of Exodus 16, and part of it is a test, part of it is a test to see how well the people are listening to Jesus, right? Because he comes as a preacher. That's the reason why he comes, to declare good news from God to people to declare peace, uh, to be an extension of the angels at at his birth, uh, peace on earth and goodwill towards men, To, to declare that to people, to see how they would handle that. And part of that is God's intervention into the needs of people, into the world, to see if we'll actually notice that it's God who provides for us. And so the people... Right, the last verse there in verse 15 of John 6 says, well, Jesus knows that they're wanting to take him by force to make him king. And he's not one to be taken by force to be made into a king. He's king already. So he goes away to a mountain. Well, it's interesting that all throughout the Exodus, God is found on mountains, right? So I think it's no wonder that John has him there. But then um, we, we read again this, this feeding of the 5,000 in light of everything that is happening here uh, in Exodus 16, where it says, In the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and all the bread you want in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. And so Moses brings them hard truth, but says you're going to see the glory of the Lord. You're going to see the Lord doing a thing. And that's the same thing that happens here in John 6, with the the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 is basically the only miracle that happens in all of the Gospels, apart from the resurrection of Jesus. And John does a wonderful job of explaining the necessity of this miracle, where it starts with the actual story, right? where Jesus goes up on the mountain, he sees the people coming, he has compassion on them, and then he starts quizzing his disciples, knowing what he was going to do, but he says, how are we gonna feed them? They need food. We're out in the middle of nowhere. There, there's no 7-Eleven or, or, or speedy Mart around for us to go and get a roller dog and, and a, a big gulp, right? And so he needs to be able to do something for these people to showcase his glory. And that's what happens here, is that Christ is showcasing himself as who he is. It's a depiction of him. It's an epiphany, a theophany, a Christophany, of Christ being God incarnate into the world to do his work, to be that bread from heaven that comes down to earth, to to be the one who, uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And, And just to prove this, I'm going to give you some bread. I'm going to give you some fish and I'm going to satisfy you because it says here that they were satisfied. They had enough to eat. They, it wasn't as though they all had a little nibble and they were. It taught them hospitality. That's what some horrible commentators have said in the past. No, it says that they were satisfied. They had their fill. And then we end up with the issues, right? Uh, first there's an interlude of Jesus walking on water to, to prove that he is God, um, but then we have the whole bread of life section, which takes up the remainder of the chapter from verses twenty-two to the end. It's it's Jesus dealing with the people, and they're not knowing what it is that Jesus did, and he and at one point. Uh, he says in in verse 26, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled Saying you're looking for a vending machine, Jesus You're looking for a God Who does your bidding? You're looking for a God who only gives you good things. You're not looking for the suffering God You're not looking for the God who's going to die for your sins. You're not looking for the God who's gonna forgive you all your sins. You're not looking for the God who's gonna intercede for you. You're not looking for the God that's going to do some things for you that maybe you think are not the things that you need, and yet they are. (laughs) You're looking for, for everything else but Jesus. And here we have Jesus being Jesus, saying, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. You trust in him, you don't trust in anything else. And so just like in Exodus 16, where the people didn't trust God that he would provide for them double on the sixth day, and so they go out on the Sabbath looking for more manna, and they don't find any, and God gets angry. And, and also they don't trust God when he says, eat it all up, there'll be more tomorrow. They don't trust that that's gonna be the case. So too we find ourselves in the same boat. Do we trust God when the lights go out? We've talked about this before. Do we trust God in the dark? Do we cr- trust God in the hospital room when we think that there's no other way? Do we trust God when we are in dire need of him to do an amazing work and we don't think it's going to happen? Do we trust God uh, when our kids stop going to church? Do we trust God when they end up in jail or they end up pregnant? Do we trust God uh, when we lose our job? Usually not, which is why Jesus came. came because we don't trust. We make this assumption, and it's a horrible assumption in the church, that somehow we're all going to be able to have this audacious faith, this crazy faith, that somehow, just amazingly enough, we're all going to believe. And that we're going to have this strong faith, and it's going to be awesome. And the reality is, is that we're not. Which is the reason why Christ came. If anything, what the the story from Exodus sixteen and from John six, and then we also see it in like our psalm and the and the Acts readings is that it is the work of God that causes us to believe. It's the work of God that causes us to trust him. It is the work of God that that helps us to actually hold on to this Jesus that we are supposed to be. Uh, uh, adoring and loving. It's the work of God, not us. May that be this way for you, this Lent, Church, that God might capture your heart, that you might trust him even when all your trust might be failing you, that you might hold on to him as the only hope in life and death. Let us pray grant we beseech the Almighty God that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved. Through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, happy Lent. Go in peace. Serve the Lord, and we'll see you on Friday.